0: This episode is brought to you by our Hosting Handbook mini course. Whether you already started hosting your first Airbnb or you're still trying to soak up as much knowledge as you can, this course is the ultimate cheat sheet. It can transform your hosting from hobby to business. Get our coveted templates that include your welcome book, a turnover handbook and supply closet spreadsheet, plus other great bonuses you don't want to miss. Our hosting handbook is usually priced at $297, but for a very limited time, you can get all of this for a special price of $27. Head to www.thanksforvisiting.me forward slash hosting handbook to get instant access. Now, on to the show.
1: You're listening to the Thanks for Visiting podcast. We believe hosting with heart is at the core of every successful short-term rental. With Annette's background in business operation and Sarah's extensive hospitality management and interior design experience, this dynamic duo has welcomed more than 2,000 guests from 25 countries, earning them over half a million dollars and garnering them over six hundred five-star reviews. Now they're ready to share creative ways for your listing to stand out, to serve your guests and be profitable. Each episode will have knowledgeable guests who bring value to the short-term rental industry, or Annette and Sarah will share stories about their own experiences so you can implement actionable improvements to your own rentals. Whether you're experienced, new, or nervous to start your own short-term rental, we promise you'll feel right at home. Here are your hosts, Annette and Sarah. Hello, I am Sarah Karakayan. I
2: am Annette Grant,
0: and together we are...
2: Thanks Thanks for visiting... So we are going to start the show like we do every week and do our hashtag STR Share Sunday. If you're new to hanging out with us here on the podcast, STR stands for short term rental because we don't discriminate. We love all platforms, and uh, we like to share those of you who are on Instagram and using this hashtag. We like to, you know, let everyone who's listening to the podcast in on what you've got going on in terms of your short term rental. So who will be sharing this weekend? At? excited
0: about this one. We are sharing at the Muldrow house and that is T-H-E-M-U-L-D-R-O-W-H-O-U-S-E. Their logo is so cute because it matches the roofline of this unbelievable 1910 home. And it is named after the long-term residents. So I want to give a shout out to Sarah, the host, for paying homage to the long-term residents and naming her Airbnb after them. That is very reminiscent of my co-host here, Sarah, who also names all of her flip <laughs> properties after their previous owner. So if you don't follow Sarah at Nesters, that's our uh, Sarah here on the show, you'll see all of her properties named. But not enough about Sarah here. Let's talk yeah, about Sarah the, the yeah. <laughs> Sarah the Maldra. Sarah the Maldra house. Yeah, this house, what color would you even like? It's, no, it's stunning. It's
2: the sweetest, like soft mint green. It's like a yeah. sage. Like, I don't know. It's good. And the window in the dormer is, or the peak of the roof is so cute. It's got this little arch. I mean, it's just the whole thing is precious. It's charming. So charming is charming. Yeah. Yeah. And not like, you know how some people use the word charming to be like, there are things wrong with it, but just ignore it. <laughs> right. Quote no, unquote, is, no,
1: no, no, no. This is
2: legit.
0: Truly charming. So let's talk about a few of the things that make it charming. Yes. Because Sarah has had to mix, obviously, she's mixing some of the old with the new. One of the things that sticks out immediately to me with the charm is obviously the color, but on the front porch, there are four rocking chairs for yeah. guests to enjoy to become part of the neighborhood, which I was like, oh, that's charming, right? Sarah, you spoke about the light switches a little bit. Yes.
2: The light switches are old school. They look like almost like elevator buttons. And then on her front screen porch, she's got uh, original hinges. She's even got a little plate that says the Muldrow House, uh, built in 1910. Just, she's really leaning into her brand, which is antique, well-kept, Preserved, and I just love it. And it, it appears to be it's a it's she's a newer host ish. Mm-hmm. She's got about what ten reviews. They're all five stars. She's killing it. Yes, and she has a yeah. claw
0: foot tub from the nineteen thirties.
2: It's so good. And it, but she also has a hot tub in the back, right? Did mm-hmm. I make that up? No, she does. Oh, yeah. And I like that that
0: is in the, her description that the house features quality craftsmanship from the early 1900s mixed with modern conveniences, i.e. the hot tub and, yes. you know, um, a speaker system, things of that nature. But we just want to share the at the Maldro house with everybody. Go give them a heart on Airbnb. Give them a few likes and follow on Instagram. But you guys, just the exterior of this home, the color. Sarah, well done. We hope to come stay and meet you one day. So listeners, make sure, make sure to use the hashtag STR Sunday so we can meet you virtually through Instagram and give you a shout out on the show. All right, Sarah, let's let's move on to the show. Sounds good.
2: All right. We are so excited for today's episode. Listeners, this is a first for Thanks for Visiting. We're going to talk about, I mean, to the max experiential Airbnb. So today we have Brindy Barton on the show. And she is the designer behind uh, Loma Homes. And they have a Star Wars-themed extreme Airbnb that you can go and experience right now. She started in a more traditional real estate field of flipping homes and managing rental properties. And now she focuses on developing Airbnbs that take guests to the next level with their vacation experience. So, Brindy, welcome to the show.
3: Thank you so much for having me. This is going to be so fun. Hi, Brindy. Uh, no, we,
0: we are,
2: we are
3: uh, so excited. And
0: listeners, if you... <laughs> If you are sitting by your computer or your phone, I'm sure you're next to one of them, hopefully not driving, please go to their Instagram stat because it is going to give you such an amazing visual of
3: Brindy's work.
0: So Brindy, it's at at Loma Homes on Instagram, correct?
3: Yep. Loma is L-O-M-A. So at Loma Homes. And you can see a lot of our work and behind the scenes and the making of these extreme Airbnbs all on there. Awesome.
0: So I would do that. Like, don't get too sidetracked, and you want to still listen to the show. But I think some of the visuals will definitely be helpful. So, Brandy, let's right, let's Brandy. go back. Yeah,
2: start start.
0: We want all the all the news, Sarah. How can we? How, how far back do we want to go with her?
2: Yeah, well, Brandy, I think it's interesting. Our listeners, a lot of them have yet to start their first BNB. So, if you don't mind, take us back that time when you were flipping and managing rental properties, and what sparked your interest to go all in on not just the Airbnb industry, but like the extreme Airbnb industry.
3: Yeah. So for us, we had flipped homes, and we had been doing this out of state. So we did it all remotely. We live in Utah, and we've invested in seven different states, um, none of which are Utah. The only house we own. In Utah is one we live in. Funny enough, but um, we had done these rental properties, and then our partner now, uh, Jeff, he approached us about Airbnbs. He's a total data geek. He comes from like a corporate tech background, and he had been looking at a whole bunch of data for investing in real estate. And he came to us and was like, "Hey, I really want to create Airbnbs, and I want to do them out of state because I've targeted these specific areas that are the most profitable." And so from that point, we're like, hey, we've looked at Airbnbs and kind of like dabbled in it, but hadn't really pulled the trigger. So we ta- talked more with them and kind of just got started from there. And as we did our first project, which was in Joshua Tree, California, we realized how much fun it is because when we dove into it, we didn't want to just be any other Airbnb. We want to stand out, we want to um, be like the top 10% in whatever market we're in. And as we started looking at, there's so many Airbnbs in most cities that you have to decide. Okay, what are we going to do that's different? And it kind of evolved from there. That what we thought was just going to be a nice house turned into like art murals and a little bit of a hippie wonderland and Joshua tree. And then we went to Orlando instead of it just being a nice big house that originally was going to be for you know family reunions or whatnot. We're like, why don't we do an ultra theme instead? And then we're really different than all the other competition out there. So it wasn't necessarily overnight that all of a sudden I dreamt of making a Star Wars house. It was like one step at a time that we knew we wanted to do Airbnbs. And then we knew we wanted to stand out and started looking at different cities and figured out like, what can we do in those specific cities to be the best and be really cool compared to all the competition?
0: Is there a Star Wars geek in your crew? that that like that started with okay
3: (laughs) and by the way so Jeff for sure he is our data geek he's also a Star Wars geek
0: okay and 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 we love Star Wars because Sarah's husband is actually a Trekkie but we enjoy oh no that's not allowed right here I know but we enjoy the passion that comes from the Star Star Wars Star Trek crowd so when we say geek it it is totally a loving term (laughs)
3: Yeah, no. I To be honest, I I liked and appreciated Star Wars beforehand. I didn't know a ton. I kind of just saw them when they were in theaters and whatnot. Um, Jeff, on the other hand, was our Star Wars geek. And he was kind of like the start of our database of like, hey, we need knowledge. But then as we decided full force that we were doing it, and I'm in charge of the designs, I watched all the shows. And I've got a five-year-old and a two-year-old. But the five-year-old especially loves Star Wars now because... It was almost like a research project and talking to all these different fans. And I kind of got invested in the series because it is awesome as you learn more about it and how it all connects together and just seeing the love that all these fans have for it. Um, that now I am borderline Star Wars geek, but I can't claim that before this process. And when, like,
0: did you have other ideas on the table and then you guys voted Star Wars to the top because you thought that could potentially were occupancy rates and how much you could charge. Was that kind of stuff um, part of the decision-making process of of what the theme was going to be?
3: Yes. And I know the Star Wars fans are going to hate to hear that because they want it based all on the love, which we did love it. But right. a lot of it was like data-driven. So... We also... And we're still going to be doing different ones. So we just... This determined the order. So we're going to do a Jurassic Park, a Disney-themed one with princesses and classics. We have Harry Potter in the works right now. We have um, quite a few things on the table that we're going to be doing. But Star Wars was perfect timing because we knew we wanted to do it. And Galaxy's Edge was opening up around that same time. So Disney is already doing a lot of marketing towards... Star Wars fans to come out for Galaxy's Edge. And there's no other houses yet that were Star Wars themed really because the theme park wasn't there yet. So it was that once we got all these brainstormed ideas, it made sense to do Star Wars first just in timing wise. And um, it also is a super fun project to start with.
0: So, so cool. I love that. Sarah and I are just speechless of like, man, this is guest experience extreme. All right. So you decide on Star Wars. And I... So it's not just theme. So, like normally, if if someone were to come to me and say, "Oh, I have a Star Wars themed Airbnb," I'm going to be honest. This is what I would expect. There's probably some Star Wars throw pillows, maybe you know um, comforter sheets, maybe like one of the walls would might have like a mural, but then kind of just like movie paraphernalia and like figurines and uh, you know maybe plates and glasses, napkins, that kind of stuff. That's what I would assume. Okay. (laughs) <laughs> that is not go big or go home. <laughs> right i mean you took it you took it you know uh, you kicked it out of the park so what when you when you were thinking about this theme like how did you come up with i mean the bedrooms are unbelievable like how who helped you actually like draw uh the bed frames, and, and if you want to ex- like tell our listeners, kind of walk us through that. Um, your inspiration, design. Who partnered with the with you building that um, to actually like install? Can you walk us through how you did all of that? It's it's fascinating.
3: Yeah, so it kind of goes back to the whole one step at a time. We thought, okay, we need to do a theme, and as we looked around different Airbnbs, there were quite a few that had that generic type of theming. You know, they had bought Mickey Mouse stuff or they bought like movie posters and had them on the wall for disney or whatnot and we knew we wanted to like go to the next level so honestly i just started brainstorming like okay what can we do we can like have you sleep in a spaceship or how about you get to travel to different planets when you're actually staying with us um so at that point we knew that we needed to have a specialty contractor you can't just hire like a general contractor and say hey build me a spaceship and do some like really sweet 3d planets all over the walls like they would have no idea where to start. So we just went to our handy friend Google and started looking for companies that build it out for like theme parks and laser tag centers and haunted houses and all those specialty areas. And we called companies across the country. And um, surprisingly, as you f- start finding the right people to talk to in the right search terms, there's quite a bit of options out there. And then we got proposals from them and started brainstorming more and going back and forth and narrowed it down to one company they're based out of South Carolina, so they are remote as well. And um, we just bounced back, and I kind of told them what I wanted. And I said, I know the flow of the house, like I know what themes I want for each room, but I'd love your thoughts and your input on like what's actually possible. Because maybe when I'm thinking of building like spaceships, like what, what can we do? Can we put sound effects on them? Can we put fog machines in these rooms so that way when you're in Yoda's swamp land, you actually have like fog around you. And the the company I worked with is really great and they they specialize in haunted houses. They're all about the experience and the special effects and, and whatnot. So for us it was just like I said, that one step at a time. First we had to like come up with ideas and then find people who could execute them and work back back and forth with them and to kind of make my vision come to life and then to build it to be even cooler than I
2: imagined. When you were searching for the property for the Star Wars Airbnb, did you fit the design to the property, or did you wait to find the perfect property that had the right layout for the design? And what was going on in your head?
3: We started with finding the property, um, and what we, and then we can make the design fit to whatever property. So especially in this case of Orlando, there's a lot of restrictions on where you can do Airbnbs. You have to be in specific neighborhoods and zoning that allows Airbnbs. You can't just be in normal neighborhoods. So that eliminates a lot of the custom or cool homes because these builders go in and make a whole resort-style neighborhood for vacation rentals and they're cookie cutters. So you get the same houses over and over. And gotcha. that was pretty much what we were limited to. So we knew that um, we had specific zip codes For more profitability and close to Disney and whatnot. And then we had specific requirements of we knew we wanted a big house. So we only were looking at things bigger than six bedrooms because we wanted to be able to host larger groups and whatnot. We did some data research on what type of home we wanted, but we didn't get to be that picky on the layout because the options are somewhat limited in this neighborhood specifically. So we just found the best deal with our criteria, and then we can make it into whatever we wanted.
2: So good. So Annette and I are just wondering then, and I think our listeners are too. I know you guys have a lot of data backing you up. How did you... I guess it's kind of twofold. How did you come up with, since there's probably not a lot of competition out there to see how their Airbnbs were measuring up to what you needed it to do to make sense for your investment. So do you know, how to, how, what did that process look like? Like figuring out what your nightly rate was going to be and how long it was going to take you to get your investment back. And then do you think doing an extreme Airbnb is worth that initial investment in the long run?
3: Yeah. So for us, we have just looked through quite different websites that provide data and then actual listing websites like Airbnb and uh, like VRBO, looking at what other listings are out there, comparing what they're like, Booking, how far out they're booked, and how much occupancy rate it appears they have, what their nightly rates are. So it's kind of a mixture of things, and it's similar to normal real estate world where you're looking for comps of houses, seeing what other ones are similar. In this case, it's kind of its own ballpark. So it's really hard, and we just kind of had to estimate and see okay, where are they at? And even if there's maybe other extreme Airbnbs, how much more of a premium do they get for their market? or whatnot. So we have realized right. we can charge about double what the average uh, other like similar size house is in that area. So being able to charge double increases our profitability, of course. But on the other hand, you have to put more money into creating this extreme Airbnb. So on our end, we have spreadsheets that we've created that analyzes pretty in-depth um, different properties and different projects. And that's how we determine where we go. So for the houses we do, everyone that we've gone through has been very highly researched and has high profit margins. Did you go? It's over a lot more complicated than. <laughs>
0: yeah. <laughs> no. Uh, I'm going to make say I'm going to ask a simple question. Did you go over the initial budget?
3: Surprisingly, we didn't. Our budget for the renovations and stuff was two hundred thousand, and we and that included staging. So that was all the construction, the custom items, the murals, and all of our uh, furniture and whatnot. So we had to end up... And this is how we stayed under budget. We ended up having a few surprise expenses, which were a bummer. But in the exchange to help stay under budget, my husband and I flew out there and did some of the work ourselves, which I don't recommend because it was a stressful time. (laughs) We lived out there for a month with our two and five-year-olds. And we were like painting the normal walls. Don't give me credit for the murals. I cannot paint those murals. But the walls that were like plain in the bathroom and stuff... We ended up having to pitch in and use some of our sweat equity to stay under budget. But when it came down to it, we work with investors and we do everything we can to help our investors um, meet what we promised them and their returns they're expecting and whatnot. So in this case, it required us to put that time in to stay under budget and it worked out.
2: If our listeners want to engage with investors, since you're a little, since you're much more experienced than most listeners out there, would be what is that return? Like, what's the timetable to return the investment to the investor with an extreme Airbnb like this?
3: Oh, well, there are so many different setups you can do. Um, I mean, across real estate, we work with investors on all of our projects, even not Airbnb and. It just depends. And it depends what works for you and for the deal. For ours, what we do is our investors actually get equity into the properties and they're okay. in it for the long haul. So they get quarterly dividends based on our profits. And then when we go and sell the property at the end or whatnot, they would get profits too. So it's not like a loan where it's just a year in and out. It's that they want cash flow as well as long-term assets that are growing because we add value to these properties. And that now they're get, when we finish. Um, not only is the rental income higher, but the property value itself will be higher. So they're going to win during the the holding time. Plus, they'll win when we sell the property.
2: Right. I mean, you're creating a business. I mean, all rentals are a business, but I suppose it's almost like a an experiential theme <laughs> theme yeah. uh, park Airbnb. So it's like hospitality meets real estate meets theme park. I mean, that's that's incredible.
3: it creates a really good opportunity for people who want to get into the Airbnb business, but they may have full-time jobs or they don't have the time to dedicate to it. So they're able to invest into it. They can still have access to go to the home if they want to stay there and stuff like that without having to put the work in. So we do all the the work and we're experienced on pulling the data to make sure they're buying a good investment. Um, But for them, it's pretty low-key and low effort, which is a win-win.
0: When you... Because you have been in the real estate investing world, what has been the the most interesting part like were you were you excited to were you excited to get into airbnb because you're like this is um diversifying our portfolio or sarah calls it sarah and i call it elevated reciprocity were you really interested in actually hosting people and you know why they're coming to orlando and elevating their experience because it is a lot of work to host and obviously you're hosting remotely so what was the the decision making in actually getting into hosting uh, via Airbnb, and not just sticking with your normal investment properties.
3: Yeah, so we love traveling. So, like as far as our passions go, we like real estate, we like traveling, and I love the design and the creative side of it. So it was kind of like the perfect little baby that merged all of those. Um, like, it, it, for example, about two years ago, my husband and I and our two kids, who are one and three at a time, we. We went on a trip around the world for three months, so we have always had travel as part of our life. That's one of our main motivations to doing our own business with real estate was that way we weren't tied down to our corporate world vacation days and whatnot. That we had control of our own schedule and we could work remotely wherever we're at. So we already were doing enough travel that we thought about doing Airbnbs, and it's always been on our radar because of that love for like just exploring the world and providing that opportunity to others and and. Uh, so that merged with the financial returns of it being a good investment was just kind of the, the decision was sealed right there.
0: That's amazing. I love for
2: that. Our, for our listeners, where would you advise them to find someone who might want to invest in an Airbnb with them? Do you, is it someone private? Is it within your circle of family and friends? What would you recommend someone who's never done that before? Where should they go to approach someone and then pitch their idea?
3: Uh, I think it's a little bit of both and it depends on the person. But um, we do a lot of networking. So we go to different real estate events, air, whether it's specific to Airbnb or not. But we are always trying to grow our network to A, learn and gain more knowledge, but B, to just find other people that we can partner with, or maybe we'll want to be investors, or they may even have opportunities for us. So we are all about like learning and growing from others. So sometimes we get investors from that. And then also... We, it's amazing that once you start doing things, um, people do come out of the woodworks that are in your normal circle of friends. So whether <laughs> it's families or friends or grandpa is looking somewhere to diversify his portfolio of investors. Uh, if you do start talking to people, you'll probably find that you know more people who want to invest than you would have guessed. So it's, it's a mixture of both. Okay. All right.
2: Was so, Annette, you, uh, yeah, go ahead.
0: Was it difficult, though? Or do you think it adds to your... I'm just going to call it a sales pitch. Do you think the extreme Airbnb idea helped when it was when you were looking for investors for this particular project, having a theme around it?
3: Yes, I think so. And the reason is all because of the data behind it. So what investors mm-hmm. want is that they're going to get a good return. And if we're showing them that a theme makes us stand out and have higher profit margins, then that is great for them, so they're excited. Of course, they think it's super cool. But when it comes down to it, they just want to get a return. So if we can show the data, whether it's an extreme or not an extreme Airbnb, that's what they care about. Um, it does make it more fun for them to set, show their friends that they own part of a Star Wars house, though, <laughs> right? Than the normal house, right? Cool. And that being so, said, we do do other um, Airbnbs that are not super themed out. They're still high quality. Like we have beach houses that are under construction and Destin, and. And those, we flip them and they renovate to be nice quality top of the market. But they're not necessarily like a Star Wars theme because people don't go to Destin to go to see Star Wars. So it depends on each market what extreme Airbnb means for us. Orlando just helps us take it to a whole new level.
2: I love that. And so is Loma Homes then, is it just dedicated to your extreme Airbnbs or is is Loma Homes all of your short-term rental experiences.
3: Yeah, Loma Homes is all of our short-term rentals. So across the US, any of them would go inside there. And then like my husband and I, our other real estate business is under our flipping family. So that is separate and that's just the two of us. But anything Airbnb related is Loma Homes.
2: Can we... Annette, do you have any more investing questions? Because I, I want to dive into this whole remote. No, management. because
0: I didn't... This is what I love about the show. I didn't even know we were going to talk about investing, but it was amazing. So <laughs> 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 I think it would give our... I mean, I think it's a, a great education, even for myself, but also the listeners of you know how much opportunity is out there. So thanks for sharing that, Rendy.
3: Yeah, no problem.
2: Now Sarah yeah. so we can move on to the next. Well, I just wanted so I know that's a question we get all the time Annette and I when we do coaching calls or we meet people for coffee. They want to know, you know, number one, how do you host a short-term rental and then like how do you do it remotely? And we all know at this most of us know there's technology that can help, but that still blows people's minds that you can you know, an app tells you the turnover team, the cleaning people are there, and 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 they did what they were supposed to do. But is there? How do you handle it? What is your? I don't even want to like feed your mind with like what we've already talked about in the show. But so, how do you guys handle it? What does it look like the day to day? Who do you count on?
3: Yeah. So, um, do you want to know construction stuff too, or just specific sure.
2: after it's up and running? No. Take us through the construction remote. I know you said you went there for months to sweat equity, but before then, were you really just relying on everyone to yeah. check in with you?
3: So, we, ha- since we've done real estate remotely for other types besides Airbnbs, that was pretty uh, like finding the house and construction was somewhat in our wheelhouse, anyways. Um, we find agents that are local and for shopping for houses, they'll do like video walkthroughs or FaceTime or send us um, that all remotely. And we get a house under contract before we even see it in person. And because uh, a lot, of, like I said, for us, it's all numbers based. It's not that I have to live in this house. It does not be absolutely perfect. If it looks good in the video and it looks good on an inspection report, we'll of course go look at it before we actually buy the property and I'll fly out there for that. So I usually fly out during that. And then I also fly out when it's under construction about once a month to check up on the construction process. But we use like general contractors, boots on the ground to actually manage the subcontractors and everything. And it comes down to finding good people. We've had a few headaches with contractors in the past. And so we've learned too, you don't necessarily always want to just go with the cheapest person. You want to use someone who's licensed and insured and is responsible and has good references and whatnot. And that process is still pretty fun and capable to do remotely because I can do FaceTime walkthroughs. I can also do like weekly calls, just getting status updates. And um, we use a lot of spreadsheets and Google Docs and that kind of thing to just keep communication open with our um, contractors to keep things progressing along. As far as it goes, remote management, once it's up and running, our partner, Jeff, is the one who handles the long-term management. And he uses different technologies and apps and whatnot. And then he also typically will find someone who's boots on the ground to be like the cleaning person and the um, maintenance person who we've got go to we start building relationships with them. But he does all the communication himself currently. He's looking at different options of outsourcing and bringing people on board. But it's not that hard on the platforms to actually communicate and coordinate most things from afar. So as long as you have a quick response time and someone who's able to do that, and then have someone who's boots on the ground if there is an emergency, you can run it pretty well from wherever you are, whether it's a different state or a different country for cleaning specifically we're switching over to an app called properly which this takes it to a whole new level of instead of just having one cleaning person it's access to a bunch of people who can uh, like so if your cleaning person sick now you've got backups they're all like registered on the app and they will send you pictures of each room as it's been completed so you can verify it and um, we're pretty detailed in our methods of showing exactly how we want it staged and what, like a very long checklist of our cleaning and whatnot. Because we're out of state, we have to be more detailed on all of those items to ensure that every guest is getting the same experience.
0: You just use a term, Brindy, sure. that Sarah and I are very fond of, and it's you're staging the property. When you mention staging in the Star Wars Airbnb, like give us some examples of what you have you know, prepared and so listener staging is just like the way that the, the pillows are on the couch or the remote controller maybe Brendy I'm sure has some Star Wars particular things but it's basically you know, making sure that the the home is going to look exactly like the pictures are and things are right where the guest needs them when they go to pick them up or it's exactly where it should be to make sure that the design of the room is on point the way that the designer created it. So how like give us some Star Wars specific staging stuff that you would ask that turnover team be replicated every single time.
3: Yeah. So the first thing is that we do welcome baskets to our guests. So if you have children, your basket includes some branded things. Our house is called 12 parsecs. So you get little pins and that say 12 parsecs. You get a little backpack. You can take to Disney or whatever with you. That says 12 parsecs. Water bottles. We've got like Advil. And then we've got little kids, Star Wars coloring books and Pez's that are Star Wars theme. If you don't have kids that you're staying with, then it's more adults. So then you get like chocolates or whatnot. So we do this as a welcome g- gift. It's in a very specific spot on the kitchen counter that you can see when you get in. Um, and since I do the design side of it, I'm very particular about the the staging and the presenting because I'm like, I worked hard to make sure things all are in the right spot and it looks good. So it's like almost funny. I'll see when people put on social media that they're staying, and I'm like, oh, they moved the chair to the wrong spot. Or like, that is amazing. <laughs> that is amazing. It tells me because I'm picky because I like I was very particularly like <laughs> it together. So after like the first month or two, I figured out uh, a <laughs> semi-solution that's been helping is that I actually took pictures of every single like shelf or room that I wanted a specific way, printed them out with instructions, and taped them in the cleaning closet because. Then they have the exact reference of what they want.
2: Sarah, um, you've met your, then, you've does she met she your match. You sound familiar. <laughs> I'm a little bit you
3: <laughs> in some of these things, I admit.
2: Well, Brandy, but, you and I are we we might be life twins. Yeah, so um, I, I will, I'm like I'm like is who's
0: talking, Sarah or Brindy? <laughs> so, oh, that's amazing.
2: Real, real quick, just in case our listeners are like, wait, what was that app she said? So, if you're new to the Thanks Visiting podcast, we actually had one of the founders of Properly on the show, Tammy Sims. That is episode... We used to do it by season. So it was season 3, episode 4. But now it's just episode 21. But definitely go back into the Thanks Visiting Podcast archives. It's called Properly, a turnover solution for small co-hosts and big property managers. I use it too. And and I use it in our in our business. And it's Amazing. So um, I love that you use that app too, Brindy, and that you love it as much as we do.
3: And that does take away some of the need to have like printed out things because you can do a lot digitally. So we are trying to optimize our time and for future properties, we'll probably have it all be digital. But... In the meantime, I was just
0: yeah, trying to that cross yeah. my works. <laughs> yeah. All right, so, so well, bes- besides the basket, talk. Le- like, what are some other things that um need to be staged, or like, let's let's dig into the details. I'm sure each room has something maybe specific that is you know welcoming the guest in. To up, up yeah, level. so for
3: us, one of the things that's unique is our special effects. So those we have set up in a certain way. So like, for example, we want to make sure that when you walk into our master bedroom—that's the um, Millennium Falcon spaceship you're sleeping in—that we <laughs> so want good. the we want the the headboard is interactive. We're like a steering wheel and lights and stuff that you can like play with. It's our kids' favorite part. They just sit up there and drive spaceships all day. Um, but we want like that to be on, so it's glowing and people notice it. We have fog machines. We need to make sure that they're checking every time that like the fog machine is not empty because that's really anticlimactic when you go to press the button and no fog comes <laughs> out. <laughs> right. Uh, um, and like making sure all the light feature... We have different light features that are like different colors behind beds or they just enhance the experience. That is really cool. So that's one of our major things is that we have to ensure that all of those are working and up and running before each guest comes. Because um, that, that's essentially what we're known for, right? And we have to provide that full experience. Is the turnover is the turnover team
0: in charge of that, or do you have like a property manager too? Like that would make sure the basket and the fog and all of that. Are those two separate people in charge of that, or I'm interested? So in, how in that Orlando,
3: works. we do have a property management that oversees the cleaners. Okay, we still do all of our bookings and communication and whatnot, but he helps out with coordinating cleaning and maintenance. Okay, in That's other it. locations, we do it all remotely, but with Star Wars being more high maintenance in particular, right now we do have a property manager who does it.
2: Okay. Gotcha. So Brindy, if let's say, and you know, I'm sure you have all your T's crossed and I's dotted, but those rare occasions where like the guest wants pink sheets instead of the extra white sheets you left for them, do you have someone or does your property manager have something they can call on who can be there to the property in one to two hours? for the guests yeah. should they need someone. Or the fog.
0: Right has Like, hey, my fog machine isn't
3: working. I want fog. Yeah. I paid for fog.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. And none has happened.
3: Okay. Or uh, like the AC goes out, which is awful in Florida if you don't have air conditioner. So we do... We, uh, that property manager is like literally a mile or two away from our house. So they are pretty gotcha. quick getting to emergency calls. And then on other ones, we still will have someone who's kind of team as our emergency maintenance and contact person that we have someone who can be there in person if there's any issues. Right.
2: Because maintenance, like I get, you know, but with the whole like, I want pink sheets instead of white sheets. Like, you know, it's hard to get a someone to get, like at least here in Columbus. Sarah,
0: would you go thing. get somebody pink sheets if they asked? You know
2: that I would. You
0: would? I actually, I might just say, close your eyes and go to sleep, and they'll be you
2: like, no. <laughs> well, I mean, I guess like I'm being a little extreme, but like before, I'll never forget the one time someone um, messaged me if I had a cheese grater in the apartment and they were already there. And so, you know, if a oh, I would get a cheese, a cheese grater, grater, I would get a cheese grater. So, I would so do so that. that's what I mean. Like, if, if an AC is broken, sure, you call the appliance guy, the property manager, but like if a guest wants something guest related, like a cheese grater, and you're not there to do it yourself. Yeah. You know, I was just wondering with Brindy, like, who does that for her on her team? Is it the turnover team? Is it just someone they have boots in the ground, kind of like a tasker?
3: Yeah. You know, yeah. Um, Jeff would know more of those details because he handles day to day. But I think, like for example, on Joshua Tree, where we did not have a property manager, the cleaning person kind of was the tasker, boots on the ground for odds and ends like that, too. So, yeah.
2: Yeah. I love it. No, I just know that listeners are going to ask that too because that's what I, you know. Yeah, we want to know. <laughs> I'm still trying to perfect that. Yeah.
0: Do you get Great. a lot of, and I don't know how 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 much intera- how closely you interact um, or know about this, but do you know if you get a lot of requests for like photo shoots or birthday parties mm. or, you know, people wanting to p- potentially do just like rent the Star Wars house for a day, you know, maybe I want to have my son's birthday party there, but we don't need to spend the night. Do you, do you get those type of requests? Or do you
3: know? Um, We have gotten um, quite a few photo shoots and bloggers and whatnot. Um, And we have... It depends on the situation. And we have coordinated. Sometimes we even will collaborate and partner on things. Like if a big name blogger wants to stay there, we might even comp them a night or whatnot in exchange for them posting and tagging us or whatnot. So cool. Otherwise, it is just handled on a case-by-case basis. There has been times that we turn it down to if it it's like we do have nightly minimums, it's hard to say because it totally depends on the person and location.
2: any tips or tricks for our listeners on finding people you can count on? is it just is it picking up the phone and and, and vetting people there and seeing how they appear online? Do you like to be face to face when interviewing turnover pros or taskers or property managers? What's your favorite go to to deciding on
3: these people? Um, So, so we of course start with just the phone, and we always ask for anybody else you already know in the area, like our agents, or if we already have a maintenance guy or whatever. We always ask them for referrals, and that's a good starting point because at least you know someone had a good experience. It's better than a random on Google. But we do also sometimes hire people from Google. So um, we've done. We usually do like remotely find our top favorites, and then Jeff will fly out there and actually meet with them in person, walk them through the property, and say like, "This is what we're looking for," and this is our pay structure or whatever. So it all starts remote and ends in person. So good. Yeah, great. I mean, so
0: I, w- I have a question about... Um, I'm going to go back to the welcome basket. <laughs> is that something that you have worked into the price structure? And is it the same? Like, Does everybody get a welcome basket? Even if they're only staying one night, or is there a minimum? Is there a minimum a um, night stay that kind of depends on what type of um, <laughs> kind of fancy basket <laughs> they get? <laughs> Honestly, like if they're staying one
1: night, like, yeah. You know,
0: it's like if I, I kind of just wonder how, like, financially
3: what that looks like, yeah, or does every single guest, s-
0: guest get the same the same welcome? That's a good question. That's something
3: that we debated when we first started, and we decided we want every guest that comes to have the same experience, and we want to be high quality. And like known for the our customer service and whatnot as well. So we give everyone a basket. The only difference is whether you have children or you don't have children. Okay. Gotcha. Is there a pool? There is a pool. Yep. And there's also a neighborhood resort area where it has like water slides and more pools and restaurants and stuff like that that all the guests have access to, which is really
0: nice. So do I get a like Princess Leia beach towel if I stay? (laughs) You
3: sure do. Okay. I like (laughs) it. All the beach towels are themed, all the like blankets and stuff that are for movie night are themed. Let's let's talk about that. I noticed on the listing,
0: and I was like, "This is amazing." You had like a themed waffle iron and toaster. (laughs) Like, did you just go on like this like shopping spree and buy everything online, or did you start to source the the um, Star Wars products from a, a particular site? How fun was that to actually? Once you got the larger things to actually get the smaller items.
3: Yeah, that was part of our month of chaos living locally. <laughs> I bought everything online and I was just a shopping maniac. We were getting more more packages than I ever had in my life. <laughs> There's just more arriving and it was great. I think I have looked at every Star Wars product that's on the internet by now. So <laughs> maybe that goes back to my OCD of like wanting to, every detail to be perfect. Like if you're gonna stay here, why not have of Falcon and Death Star waffles? Oh, I like, love if that it. can enhance the experience. Those little things go a long way.
0: Right. They do. do I get to? Do I get to drink my coffee out of like a Yoda mug?
3: You know what? The glassware and plates, we keep all the same so that uh, way they can easily be and replaceable and whatnot. Oh, so yeah. Because the if you're are just plain, but <laughs> okay. they are black and white and they're all themed with the home. But they but, and the other thing, honestly, is people tend to steal things that are easily takeable. So right. like, do they? Yeah. So if you have like custom Star Wars silverware, people might like take a souvenir and take a Star Wars spoon. But for Uh, normal spoons, no one cares to take it. So we try not to do anything that is like too high risk and expensive. And we actually glue some things down. Like we have talking Yodas and stuff and they're like glued. (laughs)
0: Have have things been stolen? Have there been like any Star Wars rage parties there where it was like, you know... (laughs) I don't well, know.
3: <laughs> In fact, just a couple days ago, we had a checkout that was a little bit of a rager and it's a headache. They broke a couple of chairs. It smelled like marijuana and it was a wreck. There was food and alcohol oh. everywhere.
0: <gasps> Even so, during
3: quarantine? So they were like spring break. They were quarantining. They're partying with <sighs> lots of other details. I will not include. Uh, okay. Oh, no. But, but, let's, talk but about,
0: let's talk about that because it, it's important. Do you have... Because of an extreme Airbnb. Do you have a pretty hefty deposit? Or is there a deposit? What do you guys do to try to deter that type of guest?
3: That's that's actually a good point. The first thing, and this is what I think is part of the problem with this particular experience, is that when you have a more expensive property, you typically have less damages. As bad as it sounds, it kind of rules out the idiots. Mm-hmm. So yep. the problem of this rager is that because of quarantine and all the chaos, we dropped our prices <gasps> a ton because oh. we were trying to just get it filled to, c- to cover our expenses because we lost like tens of thousands of dollars because of coronavirus. So since we dropped the prices, we've had more headaches because people will rent it and party there instead of the guest who may is a little bit higher end and paying more money for it.
0: Right. For like a a once-in-a-lifetime family vacation is treated differently than we're... Yeah. Oh, I didn't think about that. And listeners, we are recording this during the height of coronavirus in April of 2020. So that's kind of uh, specific. Is that really the only time... Let's talk about occupancy rates while we're there. Have you found like... Once you open, Brindy, like how far out do you allow your calendar to be open? And have you kind of had an amazing occupancy rate from, from the start?
3: That's all things we play with. So um, one thing was just since Joshua Tree, the Little Dome Hippie House was our first um, experience. We used to allow like single night rents and we had lower nightly rates and we had a lot of parties there, especially since Joshua Tree tends to be like a party place for people coming in from L.A. So that was where we first noticed that if we rose our prices and if we made a nightly minimum, we had less parties and less issues. It doesn't get rid of all of them, but it makes a big difference. So those two things are a big, big factor, especially if a big house, because ours are like bigger properties. If you have a one-bedroom house, people probably aren't throwing parties in it anyway. So it's not as big of a deal. Right. But, um, that being said, you lower your occupancy rate because you're are charging a little bit more of a premium. But in the end, um, I think we'll end up more... We, we're like, we're still playing with it. But what we've decided is that we end up more profitable, charging more, and having a slightly lower occupancy rate. So we're not 100% booked out. And Star Wars only has been open for 5 months. But we are expecting that once we get up and going, we'll probably be around an 80% occupancy rate. Um, in the meantime, we had probably that much in April until Corona had everyone cancel. But for the first couple of months, we get like a 50% as we're going up and running. So... Our, we started at 50%. Our goal is to get to 80, 80 to 90%. Um, and it's just that fine line of playing with rates and playing with your like different criteria to figure out where to, to make that work. And currently, we allow booking out for more than a year. Oh, wow. Really, it's unlimited. But that's because people... We, have, we started with a year, but we had tons of people messaging us who wanted to book out farther because in Orlando, people plan their Disney trips and save up for them for like a couple of years. Right. And some right. are traveling international and whatnot. So we got so many messages. We realized that we really needed to open it up. We ha- charge a higher rate if it's farther out in the future. Yeah. But it's nice to get some bookings and just some security, even if it is farther away.
2: And then I noticed you have a website and it's beautiful. It um, listeners will have all of her information, Brittany's information, in our show notes. So definitely check it out. They've got a video tour of the Airbnb, and I noticed that you have direct booking. So do you use I have two questions for you. That, that's like my motto. I can't ever just have one simple question. Um, do you leverage a bunch of different platforms? I, I know we mentioned Airbnb. Do you also use um, VRBO, HomeAway? Yep. Yep. And then, and then uh, do you do any other marketing outside of using those platforms to drive traffic?
3: Yep. So we're on... I think pretty much all the platforms. Jeff is the one in charge of the technical side of it. Of course, we prefer direct bookings. And you get quite a bit of discount by booking direct if people know about you. Like uh, As a guest, the guests save about 13% is what we have figured out if they get booked with us directly versus Airbnb. Oh, so nice. it's a benefit for them. Plus, it's a benefit for us because we save on fees and, and whatnot. But... um yeah. So we, we do all the platforms and then we do Facebook marketing. We, of course, have social media. So we do a lot of stuff on Instagram. We'll even do different giveaways of whether it's Star Wars swag or giveaways of nights or, or whatnot. So most of our marketing is online marketing um, in social media and Facebook ads. Love it.
2: Yeah. You guys it's are so good. just nailing it on all, all. all. So do you... Do you have anything local, Brenda? Do you guys have any rentals or Airbnbs in your local area or do you prefer to have them all remote? <laughs>
3: we do not. The only house we own in Utah is the one I live in. And same with Jeff. only house that I know of that he owns in Utah is the one he lives in. And it's not necessarily because we prefer remote. It's just that the investment numbers are better remotely for what we're looking for. So it doesn't sure. make sense to us to pay, buy something locally just for the convenience of driving by it if we're going to make half as much. <laughs> right.
0: Uh, I'm. I'm interested. Is there? Well, is there anything else we want to talk about? Star Wars. I. I, I kind of want to just start to discuss the the other properties that are on the horizon. And are you in in strict control of those also? Like design.
3: Yeah, so the one we have in the works right now is Harry Potter, and it's a block away from our Star Wars house because uh, we got quite a few people asking if they could if we had a second location because they have a very large group. Ooh. So Star Wars sleeps up to thirty, so it's already pretty big. Whoa!
0: Wait, hold on, hold on. We did not discuss that. Are you serious? Thirty people. Nine,
3: that being said, it's a nine bedroom house and oh. it sleeps up to thirty. You would not have thirty adults. That would be children who are sleeping on bunk beds and stuff too. So realistically you wouldn't want more than like 18 or 20 adults but with children it has beds for up to 30 people. Uh, okay so wait a second here. So that
0: the delivery I'm just going through delivery and laundry. Were you there when like all the stuff was delivered? You were like in a card you yep. could have made a cardboard mountain at that was in yeah, the backyard it's in a number of <laughs> boxes and uh... are okay. well, clean wait now like you're so your cleaning team is going in and potentially changing how many beds? If it sleeps 30, then how many beds is that? I can't do them. Like, I don't know how um, Okay. You... So
3: we have 9, 10, 11, 12, probably 13, no, 14, 15, 6. I don't know the exact. <laughs> something around 16 beds or something. <laughs>
0: okay. Wow.
3: Interesting. So that's a lot and they, of... Change, I think lot they of change tasks. everything every single time. So for them, they do... I think it's a four-hour turnover. Pretty wow. Good. They have so to take cool. laundry off site if they right. have back to back and can't finish though. So we have two sets of linens for everything. Okay. Absolutely. Do you have
0: Star Wars themed
3: linens? No. Okay. We have decided that. To... So, yeah, the maintenance of it and it like stains and stuff like that. We do white linens for everything and white bath towels for everything. Gotcha. But then things like beach towels and blankets will do Star Wars themed. Okay. Gotcha.
0: All right. So I got we got went back into Star Wars. So was so was Harry Potter already on the list? That was on the idea list, but it got cut yeah. before Star Wars, right? So you kind of already started to think about some of the plans there. Yeah.
3: And it, the, it, even with getting it cut, it just was like rearranged. We decided what we want to do first. And Star Wars was first because of Galaxy's Edge opening. Mm-hmm. Harry Potter was always on the list because you've got the Universal Studios with Harry Potter World or whatnot there. And I think Harry Potter just has such a loving, like excited fan base yeah. that it, it was on the top of our list. And that's why I wanted to do it second in Orlando. Wait, it's Sarah, because- aren't
0: you a huge Harry Potter fan? I am not. <laughs> Wait, you asked me to go to Harry Potter World with you. I oh, swear you did. Oh, because the
2: ride, the ride oh. was amazing. Okay, I'm was more like, of a thrill seeker. I'm like, I swear you
0: asked me to go to Harry Potter World. And Listeners,
2: like... <laughs> don't be mad. I've never read a book. I've never seen a movie. She I'm just sorry. just wants to go
0: on the ride. I do. You guys, we were, Sarah and I were actually supposed to be in Orlando this month. But that trip got canceled, but that was her one request that I went to Harry Potter World. And I kind of just didn't. I was like, okay, but I didn't go circle back. So now I know. <laughs> It's funny.
2: I'm obsessed with rides. Yeah,
0: <laughs>
3: okay. they're good. Yeah, and I, I feel like Harry Potter, same boat as Star Wars for us. Like I have appreciation for Harry Potter, but now that I'm like watched all of them and get in like invested in it, I sure. love it more. But I wasn't necessarily like a Potterhead before either. I just read them as kids and you know had a general appreciation. But now I am so stoked. The new house is going to be awesome. We're, um, it's going to be live in mid May. <gasps> Oh, uh, so away cool.
0: from it, that's know. exciting! That's so exciting! I didn't know. So it's it's per- like you're working on it. It's it's yes, done. we are okay. in the thick
3: of it, and I'm flying down there in a couple weeks, and we'll probably spend three weeks down there. This time, we're not doing all the work of like painting, but when mm-hmm. the the themed contractor, like people who build the amusement parks and stuff, when they come down, I have to be there every day during that to oversee it because there's so many decisions day to day of like. Okay, where exactly do you want this placed? Or to... these are permanent fixtures, so right, sure. You can just, like come at the end and be like, "Hey, is it all put together? Like I want everything in the perfect place, and it has to be assembled exactly." So even if we're not working fourteen-hour days, like last time on the house, we're there day to day for however long it takes for them to get it installed.
0: Now, is that, Uh, is Harry Potter, like, do you already have that on, like, listing sites starting to take reservations, like, just with, like, um, schematics or just saying, hey, another home by Loma? Like, how are are you starting to get bookings?
3: Just on direct bookings, we barely listed it recently and it's called Wizard's Way. So 12 parsecs is the name of our Star Wars house. And Wizards Way is the name of our Harry Potter-themed house. Technically, we can't use licensed right. words. So in the house, you'll never find licensed characters or the actual words used. It's more that you're the character in a scene inspired by these movies. So um, with our Harry Potter house, you can find it on loma-homes.com. Under Wizards Way, you can pre-book. We do get a leniency. like I think right now, the soonest you can book it out would be like m- mid-June. So that way, if things do go behind... Mm-hmm. We don't like have a guest who's coming the next day. Right. But then once it's finished, we'll open up those last minute days as well. Or as we get cool. closer and know how it's on track. So cool.
2: And I don't want to... I mean, Net and I said before we got on this, on the recording, listeners, <laughs> that we could probably talk to Brindy forever. And we don't want to keep you forever because we do respect your time. But you brought up one thing that I do want to touch on just quickly, Brindy, if you can. Um, you mentioned, you know, licensing and rights mm-hmm. to things. I mean, how did you broach that subject? Did you broach it on accident where you're like, Oh, I guess we can't do that because... And, and who did you who did you reach out to to help guide you so that you couldn't get in trouble down the line?
3: Yeah. So we've worked closely with a copyright attorney from the beginning. Mm-hmm. And um, we knew it was going to be an issue from like... Especially Disney or like these big name companies are pretty quick to bite people out who are encroaching on their licensing. Mm -hmm. And even now, like this is still borderline. The fact that I say Harry Potter or say Star Wars on a podcast is still questionable. Okay. But theoretically, what our guidelines that we were given is that we can't use anything that's licensed. So like our name and our listing in the listing, we can do things that allude to it. But um, like on our actual listing, you won't see us say like the word Yoda or see us say like Star Wars or whatever. Um, and then when we're in the house, like when we do paintings and whatever, we can't paint or create licensed people. We can buy posters or buy other work that's already been done that Mm -hmm. has like Yoda in it but you can't actually create something that's licensed. Right. So the
0: posters, those are already licensed. And when you buy that, that company is giving that licensing fee to Disney. So you're clear on that kind of stuff. Yeah, exactly.
3: So like in Star Wars on the main floor, we have the movie posters. And we bought those from Amazon or whatever. I think they'd be licensed. I guess that's on the seller's boat of if Mm -hmm. it is or not. Um, We try to... If we can sell if it's licensed, all the better. Like for example, I know that the waffle irons and stuff are licensed. Right. So we try to do as much license or things that we hope are licensed um, when purchasing. And then anytime we create things, it has to be items that are not licensed. So even for like the... And for us, it worked out because the theme we wanted is that you feel like you're part of the movie. So the way the Star Wars house is laid out is like on the, the second floor, you actually walk into what is like the Millennium Falcon and you're inside of a spaceship. And then on each door, you'll see it looks like a door to go out into space. And there's a window that has a planet on it. Those planets look oddly similar to planets that are on the Star Wars theory uh, series. And then when you open it, you're on that planet. So you'll open a door and you're on a swamp planet that looks a lot like Dagobah. But there's actually not anywhere that it says Dagobah. They're just all very closely related to it. So right. there's that fine line um, of it where we have to just make sure we're not encroaching on the licensing laws. No, that's awesome. I think that's good
0: for us. But it's our all, but it's so all
2: it. worth it, Brindy. Like, right? Like coronavirus, the parties, the licensing, the remote, the aspect. 14 hours of painting walls.
3: <laughs> yes, It's worth
2: it. <laughs> so would you say, obviously, I mean, you're doing another once, but would you yeah. say it's all worth it? <laughs> it
3: is. It's kind of like childbirth. In the middle of it, you're like, I'm never doing this again. But then you <laughs> think, <laughs> and think it's great again and you want another child. <laughs> oh,
0: so good. Uh, and then, so where can our, yeah, go oh, ahead. Can, well, so just before we wrap up, um, I think I heard you say Jurassic Park could be next.
3: Uh, yeah, we're looking at doing Jurassic Park. We've okay. also t- like tossed around superheroes or other cool. Disney themes. Um, and I'm trying to think what else is on the list. But... Those are the top That's okay.
0: Yeah. Where can our listeners... I think, Sarah, this is what you're going to ask. Where can our listeners... uh, Let's just reiterate where they can find you so they can, A, number one, book your place when they're in Orlando with their families, and then just follow along so they can see um, what amazing space you're going
3: to create next. Yeah. The number one place is on our Instagram. You can go to at Loma Homes, L-O-M-A-H-O-M-E-S, Um, we do a lot of posting there of news and updates and behind the scenes and different pictures that we have also on our stories. There's often like, you can help us behind the scenes build it. So I'll say, Hey, I'm trying to pick out a color. Which of these is your favorite? Or what do you think is a better theme for this room? I take a lot of opinions of our followers and our future guests of what they love so we can incorporate into our property. So we'd love to have your opinions there. Um, we also have a Facebook page and Facebook is actually facebook.com slash Loma Vacation Rentals. And it'll pop up as Loma Homes when you click on it. Just that URL is taken. And then we have loma-homes.com where you can do direct bookings. We have a blog on there all about travel and some different resources. And you can reach out to us interested in investing or coaching or other things as well.
2: Amazing. Brittany, thank you so much for your yeah, time today. So and so I good. and our audience, we, we all truly appreciate it. And I know this is going to be a highly downloaded episode. So we, we, we thank you. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. This has been great. All right, listeners, I am Sarah Karakayan. I am Annette Grant.
0: And together we are... Thanks, Thanks for, for visiting. visiting.
1: We'll talk to you next week. Thanks for listening to the Thanks for Visiting podcast. Head on over to the show notes for this episode at thanksforvisiting.me. If you're looking to take your listing to the next level and show your guests how much you care, be sure to check out our line of thoughtful hosting products. From hosting checklists to custom mugs to toilet paper stickers, we've got you covered. And if you love our show, remember, sharing is caring. Please hit that subscribe button and leave us a review. Awesome reviews help us bring you awesome content. Thanks for tuning in. And we look forward to hanging out with you next week. Thanks for visiting.
2: Ever wonder what it would be like to have personalized guidance from Annette and me? Imagine achieving the same incredible results we helped Amy achieve increasing her overall revenue by a staggering 187% by diving into her business numbers. Or perhaps you'd love to boost your hosting business like Miranda, who added a fantastic $10,000 by refining her pet policy. Well, here's a scoop. There's only one way to get that one-on-one support from Annette, myself, our expert coaches, and our industry pros is by attending our on-demand workshop. Trust us, it's worth it. During the workshop, we'll make an offer to all of our attendees to join our membership. Once you're a part of our exclusive membership, you'll gain access to our elite community of hosts in our private Facebook group. This is where the magic truly happens. Members are engaging in discussions about their business numbers, occupancy rates, how to handle guest challenges, and providing unwavering support to one another. Plus... We will have live coaching calls to help you dive deeper into portfolio growth, team building, marketing, and so much more. Don't wait any longer. Head on over to www.hostmasterclass.com right now to secure your spot and embark on this exciting journey with us. That's www.hostmasterclass.com. Trust us, you won't regret it.